Talk 1110 WBT. WB. The Pete Callender Show. Callender with a K. You can email Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. You can also call 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110 if you would like to join the program. Also, remember, get the podcast. You can get it at WBT.com. You can also pick it up at thepetecallendershow.com. And by the way, people ask this as well. Um, whatever platform you find it works best for you on is the platform you should listen to it on. I just always... People ask me that all the time, and people's phones are different, and people have different preferences. So, it's all they—they they all count as downloads. Um, so I appreciate that. And uh, all right, let's get into everybody's favorite topic: Medicaid expansion. <laughs> well, I promise. All right, I'm going to try my best to make this to make this entertaining and informative at the same time. Or one of the two. It's a fifty percent money back guarantee. Okay, it's going to be one. Or, it's going to be one or the other. Hopefully both. If it's only one, then you get fifty percent uh, of your price back. After years, so all right. Axios is this lefty publication, right? The website Axios, and uh, they uh, are now branching out into local operations. And they've been uh, they've been poaching a bunch of reporters uh, and entire outlets. They picked up what was the one in Charlotte uh, J- Charlotte Agenda is that the name of the yeah Charlotte Agenda? They picked up they like just came in and and bought that whole thing, which I think probably I want to say the price on it was somewhere around like uh, buck fifty yeah buck fifty uh, probably uh, maybe two. Um, I don't know why that fired like that. Real professional. Anyway. They buy up newsrooms or, or and they're expanding uh, news operations. And so, look, I welcome more players on the field to help tell stories. Um, unfortunately, I think that, you know, when you're just kind of poaching other people's reporters, you know, those outlets are already telling those stories. So it's not like we're getting it's not like we're getting different stories. We're just getting the same people telling the same story at a different website. But no, no, I'm sure your niche is totally going to be self-sustaining versus the other people's niche. Anyway, after years of refusing to expand Medicaid in North Carolina, state Senate Republicans are expected to propose a measure to do so as early as this week. Axios has learned. The legislation would also include a handful of measures that broaden health care access in North Carolina, numerous sources with knowledge of the bill said. Okay, so... Have you not seen the bill? This is a piece by Lucille Sherman. She used to write at the News and Observer, I believe, and now she's over at Axios. And Axios does these explainer journalism pieces where they write in, um, it's almost like a listicle. It's, <laughs> it, that is a thing. I did not just make up that term. BuzzFeed used to do the listicles. Anyway. I know it sounds like so. it doesn't matter. So they write these pieces in a way that treats you like you're an idiot. And apparently people like that. I don't know why I don't read Axios for this reason. It's why I also don't like reading Vox, V-O-X, Vox.com, because they talk to you like you're a child. And they um, they give you these little explainers 
these little explainer things on the side, and they tell you that this is an explainer. So I'm not just going to tell you the story. I'm going to explain it to you. This is why this is an important story, and you're an idiot because you don't know why this is important. They literally say why it matters. They have a heading, why it matters. Uh, Okay, I'll just read this one sentence, and then I will be smart. You know, here's what they say, why it matters. You want ready for this? Why does it matter? The proposal would expand health care coverage to hundreds of thousands of the state's poorest residents. That's why it matters. That's it. That's the only reason it matters? Really? I mean, that's why it matters for them. How about for everybody else? Does it matter for us? I'm not among the uh, federal poverty level, poorest in the state. So does why should it why does that matter to me? Oh well, Pete, you should care about their health. Do they care about my health? Seriously, do we use the levers of government in order to care about other people's health? Look, see, these are questions. I'm just asking questions. I'm not making, I'm not making arguments on this up. I'm I'm simply asking these questions because that helps to distill down what the fundamental objectives are and also what are the core issues. So why does it matter? Well, it matters because this could add potentially billions of dollars to state spending. That's another reason why it matters. That's not in here. Yeah, I don't know why. They they focus a lot on the expansion of Medicaid, and they're like, I, but although I will say this, they did miss a really good opportunity to do Roy Cooper a solid here because Roy Cooper has pitched Medicaid expansion as the solution to darn near every problem he has identified that this state suffers from. So had the Axios people, um, had they decided to frame it differently, they could have said, this will solve all of the state's problems. Oh, but I understand if Republicans are proposing it, then you can't do that because then they would get the credit for literally solving every problem in the state. So, okay, now it makes sense. Never mind. So the proposal would expand health care coverage to hundreds of thousands of the state's poorest residents, and it would be a remarkable pivot as North Carolina's most powerful Republican Senate leader, Phil Berger, has long opposed expanding Medicaid, except like last year, he said that, yeah, he, he did propose. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, you know what's not mentioned in the Axios story? Why? What happened? What's going on? Why is it a remarkable pivot? Also, not mentioned, why do Republicans, why have they opposed it? Is it because they hate poor people? Well, that doesn't make any sense now, right? Talking about laying bare the lie. If they hate, if they hate poor people, why are they talking about doing it now? doesn't make sense. Something doesn't compute. Hmm. Maybe there's a little bullet point here that that could say something like why it matters or no, it's not in the Axios piece, but they got the story first. So credit where it is due. They did get the story first that there's a piece of legislation that Republicans are expected to propose, but we don't know if they will. And it'll have some component of an expansion of Medicaid. Okay. So that's the first thing. Oh, they have a, uh, they do have a bullet point down at the bottom that says, yes, but I don't know what that's an answer to, but yes, but 
Lawmakers have been meeting for months to study Medicaid expansion and expanding access to health care with an end goal of proposing legislation. Oh, so they've been working on this for months. And in the short session, as they come forward with the legislation that they've been working on for months, now all of a sudden it's a remarkable pivot. Something is... All right, let me... Tell me... Let me bounce over to the Associated Press. Maybe Gary Robertson will be able to give us some more information. Speaking of information, you were right, TJ. Don't doubt thyself. You were right. You were right. I was getting ready to toss it. I just, the windup was a little bit longer. I was like, almost a balk. It was almost a balk. Oh, I see what you did there. Because I'm talking about Medicaid expansion. You did, you did remedy. I, yeah, I got it. That's TJ. Look, you gotta, you gotta listen for the little nugs of creativity that we allow the producers to inject in the program. It's not a lot. We don't give them a lot of uh, a lot of leash here. Not that I'm saying they're dogs. I'm just saying. They'll just run wild. They'll run all over you. You got to show them who is the pack leader. (laughs) Anyway, TJ is filling in today. Bernie, we wish him the best. He is uh, recovering. I don't think it's COVID. He didn't tell me. I'm not asking. He was just, he wasn't feeling well the other day. Uh, And so he's home. Um, He's also got that new puppy, which I think, you think that's related? Yeah. Speaking of dogs off leashes, anyway, Medicaid expansion. North Carolina Senate Republicans are strongly considering, strongly considering, I don't know, strongly, I don't know how that's defined, but they are strongly considering legislation that would expand Medicaid coverage to hundreds of thousands of additional low-income adults. Such legislation would mark a key step in an extraordinary turnabout by GOP members in the chamber Set against expansion for a decade. Question. Why? What has changed? What's the deal? Why is the Republican, why are they folding? Why are they caving? Why are they expanding Medicaid? Also, by the way, it's uh, additional low-income adults. Words that you don't find in the uh, Axios piece, and uh, if I recall correctly, that you do not find in the uh, in the geo or the uh, AP piece, either the words able-bodied, able-bodied adults. See, there's the, I uh, know that's because there's a whole. There are reasons why Medicaid expansion is not a great idea. There are a lot of reasons actually, and the fact that I'm now going through the second story about this, and you, we still have not encountered an argument that has been put forth against Medicaid expansion. It Almost, it would almost lead you to believe that there isn't an argument against Medicaid expansion. But there is. Yeah, there is. A draft bill yet to be formally filed also would include several other medical, health coverage, and insurance reforms. According to a summary of the bill obtained by the AP, many of these proposals, uh, including expansion, have been discussed in a House-Senate Health Care Study Committee that's met several times since February. Lauren Horsch, 
who is the spokesperson for Senate leader Phil Berger, former reporter as well for uh, um, News and Observer, says, quote, Senate Republicans continue to have discussions about how to address the rising costs of health care and how to increase access in the state. She confirmed the summary's authenticity, but could not say if and when legislation would be filed during the General Assembly's annual work session, which began last week and likely will end around July 1. So what, what is it that we what is it that we have here? This is like the Supreme Court rough draft in the Dobbs case, <laughs> right? Somebody got a hold of a summary that was drafted that hasn't been filed. Nobody's gotten ownership of it at this point. No one's taking ownership. And what is what does Lauren Horsch say? Senate Republicans continue to have discussions about how to address the rising costs of health care and how to increase access in the state. She could not say if or when legislation would be filed. So she's not saying if it's even going to be filed. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't mean that somebody hasn't drawn it up. Obviously, somebody has drawn it up. And this might come as a shock. You might want to sit down for this, folks. But Republicans have different opinions about things inside of the Republican Party. I know. It's true. You, it's, it's true. You guys uh, on the left, you call it Dems in disarray, Democrats in disarray. Over on the Republican side, it's uh, civil war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like that. No, they have different ideas. There are Republicans that want to expand Medicaid. And they want to take all the federal money that's being offered to do so. There are others who would not choose to do so. And so far, by and large, that camp has won. They have won that argument over the last uh, decade since Obamacare created the Medicaid expansion carrot. Because it was a stick at first. And then they threw the carrot out there after the Supreme Court slapped them down and said, no, no, you can't whack those states with sticks like that. That's just inhumane. We've got laws It's not a law, but it's generally good form. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, the Pete Callender Show. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Republicans reportedly... Strongly considering expanding Medicaid in North Carolina and uh, going through the AP story to figure out why uh, Senate Republicans continue to have the discussions about how to address rising costs uh, and access. And uh, the spokesperson for Senate leader Phil Berger could not say if or when any legislation would be filed. The measures show peace would be Medicaid expansion, which Republicans were cool to or outright against for several years after the 2010 Federal Affordable Care Act authorized the coverage for people earning too much money for traditional Medicaid coverage. North Carolina is one of a dozen states that have not expanded Medicaid. That's it. There's no explanation for why. The next sentence But Phil Berger said last fall he was now open to expansion in part because he was now convinced the federal government's 90% share of expenses for expansion enrollees would not soon be eliminated. That was last year. What is this about? So when it was first passed, 
this expansion as part of the Affordable Care Act, and then it got changed due to the lawsuits from the states. Um, the states were promised 90%. Well, first it started as 100%. If you expand it, we'll cover all your costs. It'll go down to 90% uh, reimbursement, right? Which, by the way, that's a higher reimbursement for the new enrollees versus the older enrollees, the ones who were on before, the ones who were poorer, right, the uh, single moms, young children. That's what Medicaid was originally for. And the beef was, hey, you're putting working age, able-bodied adult men onto the Medicaid system. And what does that mean? It means you've created a disincentive to go work. That's what this has been about. This is one of the components of it. It's why some states have tried to put in work requirements. Um, When the safety net becomes a hammock, you've gone too far. But that's the point. That's always been the point. It was the point. I sat in this very seat. Was it the very same seat? It seems like it. It could be. Maybe. The very same seat at this same desk in 2008 talking about how the Affordable Care Act creates the runway for single payer. And Medicaid expansion is to that end. This is the point. It always has been. And what people on the left do not understand, and apparently a lot of Republicans too, coverage isn't care. You can have all the coverage in the world. If no doctor will take it, you don't have care. By the way, when you reimburse doctors at a 90% rate for one group of patients and you, uh, you reimburse the doctors at a 78% rate, what do you think the patients that are carrying that 78% reimbursement, what do you think happens to them? Do you think it's harder for them to find doctors now? In other words, the people who are on Medicaid, the pre-existing patients, the people who were on the program, who, who the program for was originally intended for, designed for, single moms, young kids, right? Those, those folks who were on the program, they have like a 78, I think it was 78, maybe 72% reimbursement rate. Now in comes a new crop of newly eligible Medicaid uh, patients to the doctor's office, and now you get paid back 90% for them. Who are you taking? Who do you think gets squeezed in that scenario? Oh, I know. I must hate poor people because I'm pointing this out, right? I, I, I'm pointing out that you expanding the program to take in more people and offering more money as a reimbursement for those new people doesn't create any kind of perverse disincentive that harms poor people, right? Um. Coverage is not care. Also, this idea that uh, the money, because this is the 90% share of expenses for expansion enrollees, and Phil Berger's office, and Phil Berger himself last year, now says, well, okay, now I'm more confident that it's not going to get dialed down. I'm not. Why would you be more confident in that? There's something else going on here. There's a different explanation for it. It is not about confidence in the, um, it's not about confidence in the reimbursement rate staying level. It's not. Have you seen what's happening with spending recently? Do you think that's going to have an impact? This is what happens, by the way, whenever you put these types of services into a budget item for the government. They can be cut. That's what that means. They can be cut. And when the federal government 
has to start paying back all this money, do you think they're not going to cut these programs? But that's not even, these aren't even the real reasons. These aren't even the real reasons. See, the, the AP reporter and the Axios reporter, none of them actually go through the, the reasons why you should not expand Medicaid. First off, it, it, it expands the number of people already, uh, or uh, expands the number of North Carolinians that are dependent on government for health care coverage. That's a really big thing. That's a very big deal. Why? Let me jump ahead here. Let me jump ahead. New York Post. Jonathan Ingram and Trevor Carlson. Back in February, they said last year virtually every Republican governor opted out of the uh, Biden administration's unemployment bonus. Remember that? They were paying millions of people more money than they were making while they were working to stay out of work. Remember? And all of a sudden, states were like, this is crazy. Stop doing this. We're not going to do this any longer. And what happened? Well, now people start going back to work. Isn't that amazing? When you pay them to not work, they don't work. Now states should make similar moves that will have similar results. Refuse more federal free money that discourages work and creates excessive expensive Medicaid rolls. This is really insidious stuff. The new foundation for government um, or sorry, the new foundation for government accountability report shines a light on the damage that the D.C. Medicaid handcuffs are doing to states. Congress created the restraints in March 2020's Families First Coronavirus Response Act. The law offered states a 6.2% bump in federal Medicaid funding. Oh, do you think that might have gotten some Republican lawmakers' attentions? Yeah, I, I suspect that's what's up. There is a bunch of... Oh, and the polling. Sorry, the polling... The poll, because the the constant media drumbeat, because elections are about what media make them, uh, the media drumbeat for Medicaid expansion and covering it the way I've just outlined the AP and Axios covered it, leaving out, you know, the entire argument about what could possibly go wrong if you do Medicaid expansion. Because how they present it, it's just Medicaid expansion is going to cover 400,000 North Carolinians and they're poor. And Republicans have opposed it. And that to them is them telling the story. What they don't tell you is that, it ex- yes, it expands the number of people on the rolls, but now they are on the rolls. Oh, also, you can't get them off the rolls ever. Coverage does not equal care. Healthier people crowd out the more needier populations in that Medicaid program. The federal government is already broke and dysfunctional. There is economic volatility People lose their jobs. Medicaid rolls expand. Medicaid, Medicaid blew a multi-billion dollar hole in our budget before Republicans took over control of the state government. But more importantly, the strings that are attached to this extra bump in the funding, states are blocked from changing eligibility standards. What does that mean? Somebody gets onto the program, you can't ever get them off. The result, by the way, of all of this has been quite predictable, which is what? A massive surge in Medicaid enrollment, which, by the way, they always undercount. So if you think there's 400,000 people going to be on the rolls, you could probably go about 600, 700,000. And by the way, you know how many that that'll work out to be? Right now, 2.7 million North Carolinian residents are enrolled in Medicaid. 2.7 million. If you add 600,000 to the rolls, 
You're over 3.3 million people. That's about a third of our population. One out of three North Carolinians are going to be on Medicaid. And when your health care is then paid for, there's no incentive for you to go to work. This gets into what we call the welfare cliff. Have you ever heard of this term, the welfare cliff? Where it's a completely rational result of stupid policy, which is we're going to set up all of these means-tested programs. And so if you are, you know, let's say you make $30,000 a year or 25000 a year, you're working poor, you get all the, the benefits, all these different programs, and they all have a value. If you add up all that value that you would then lose if you got a raise because it's means-tested, right? So if you start making more money, you start losing those benefits. And that welfare cliff is where you fall off, where you now make too much money so you don't qualify any longer for these programs, and you have to make up that delta. You have to make up that difference. And it's been a couple of years since I looked at the numbers on this, but it's, it was somewhere in the neighborhood of about a, a, a twenty-five dollars to $30,000 pay raise. You would have to jump from one level to another in order to make up for all of that, that uh, the welfare programs that you receive due to your low income. You got to go from making like thirty-five to fifty or fifty-five k, something like that. It's it's something ridiculous. And so what happens is you've built a system that keeps people right from going over that cliff. So they keep the they keep the benefits, and they never can, even if they want to and could, but they can't make the jump because they cannot find a job. That's going to get. That's going to hire them with no experience, making twenty five k, and then push them all the way up to fifty. You know, that's the welfare cliff, and that's what this is part of. But Santana, News Talk eleven ten ninety nine three WBT. So, what gives? Why are Republicans now maybe? Talking about, although it just seems like a draft piece of legislation coming out of a committee that was specifically set up to study health care. There are a whole bunch of things that were part of that committee discussion, like certificate of need, which dictates how hospitals get built, which is completely stupid in this state. They really need to get rid of the CON law. It's just absolutely dumb. Anyway. Um, There were a bunch of other things that this committee has been working on. But, yes, one of the things was also Medicaid expansion. So there's apparently been a draft, and somebody gave it to the Axios reporter, and then somebody gave it to the Associated Press to look at. And it's just a a summary of the bill. We don't know if it's going to be proposed. We don't know if it would get out of committee. We don't know if it would get approval from the body uh, at large. Uh, But the general thinking is that if Phil Berger wants it done, it's going to get done. Now, does Phil Berger want it done? I do not know. He said last year that he was open to it. But over on the House side, and the House is different, over on the House side, Speaker Tim Moore has said that his membership probably not going to go along with it. The House members are probably not going to go along with it. Now, maybe the leadership drops the hammer, starts twisting some arms, and they're going to try to get this thing through. But that's going to take some political capital. Why would you expend that political capital? Are you trying to make a run for another office? Right? Are you looking at a Senate race or a congressional seat or something, maybe run for governor, and you want to check this off the box? Because, by the way, 
If you think that Roy Cooper is not going to claim credit for a Medicaid expansion, you're crazy. You're nuts. You, like, you will give Cooper the biggest victory of his entire two terms, his entire political career. He will be seen as the messiah for the Democratic Party. They may just uh, they may put him on a, a presidential ticket. They'll be just like, change your name to Joe Biden and we'll put you in there right now. They may do that for him. They're they're so they're so attracted to the to the what they think Roy Cooper is. It's kind of it's kind of funny. Anyway, I don't know what the motivation is behind this attempt, but I will point out I got this press release. Senate Republicans to unveil Parents Bill of Rights. Today at 5:30, they got a press conference to discuss legislation to enumerate the rights of parents to direct the upbringing, education, healthcare, and mental health of their children. So do you think that floating the Medicaid expansion idea is part of a package that casts the Republicans as the party of the parent for this upcoming election cycle? Do you think that's possible? I think it's possible. Talking to reporters last week, House Speaker Tim Moore said he would be surprised if a Medicaid expansion agreement could be reached with the Senate before the session ended, this short session that we're in right now. We do, in North Carolina, they do a long session and a short session. So they run two-year cycles. It's a two-year legislative cycle, basically. The first year is the long, and that's where you do most of the work. And then the short is usually for non-controversial things. They come back, they make some adjustments in the budget and that sort of thing. So Tim Moore is already saying, I don't know if we're going to have time to do it. Ah, but if you talk about it right now and you put it out there and you're studying, it robs Democrats of the issue in the November election because you could say, look, we're still studying it. And, you know, I'm 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 wanting to see what this result is and that result of this research and blah, blah, blah. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm not on board with it. They're totally going to do it. I'm not on board with that approach. Um, because I don't know if it's true. See, and that's kind of how I operate. But what has happened across the country is as Medicaid uh, starts, as the federal government starts paying states to do this, to expand Medicaid, giving them extra money, yeah, enrollment is now surging, and it's being made up of able-bodied adults. The number of people on the program has now risen by about 18 million people during the pandemic, hitting a record high of 91 million in December. More than one in four Americans is now on Medicaid. But 90% of the increase comes from enrollees who are now ineligible. But D.C.'s rules prevent states from removing them from the voter, uh, from the Medicaid rolls. It means a net loss of taxpayer dollars for most states. Research shows at least 32 states are paying more to cover ineligible enrollees than they receive in that extra federal funding. The juice ain't worth the squeeze on this, folks. It's not worth the squeeze. You want to to provide more care? You want to provide more access? There are better ways to do it. There are better ways to do it than running it all through D.C. All right, Brett Winterbull coming up next. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.